Good morning. It is Tuesday, January the 15th. Hello, New Jersey. Welcome to another edition of On the Record. You know, there are plenty of businesses that span generations. Think of Sanford and Son or some such thing. But less common are mother and son combinations in two different restaurants. Record food writer Rebecca King has come across one such combination where the mother runs a Thai restaurant in Montclair and her son runs a ramen house just a short walk away. Rebecca, welcome to On the Record. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell us about Cherie and her son Luck. Yeah, so Cherie Sarapaya, she owns Kayang, which she opened this year, and it's a, it's a fantastic Thai restaurant. But she's also been a restaurateur for the past 20 years. She's owned Spice 2 in Montclair. She's also owned Boon Thai in Livingston. So she's been in the dining scene for a while. Um, her son, Luck Sarahaya Venetia, he opened Ani Ramen in 2014, which is just a block away from Kayang. And um, it, it's an incredibly popular ramen house, one of the most popular in the area, I'd say. There's another one in Jersey City, and he's planning to expand. So, so they've got a they've got quite a quite a good thing going on over there in Montclair. What was interesting, uh, we sat and talked to them in uh, in Luck's restaurant, and then later in, in Sherry's. Mm-hmm. What was interesting to me was Luck had he described himself as a restaurant brat, but he had no interest in being being in the restaurant business. Agreed. Yeah, I he he sort of described it as one of those things where you don't realize what you have until it's gone. Um, you know, the uh, that classic syndrome of kids wanting to step away from the family legacy, but he soon realized how great he was at front of the house and and so he's been working at Ani Ramen and, and cultivating this restaurant tour uh, persona for himself ever since. You know, uh, it occurs to me this is the second podcast I've done this year and you and I talked about this. Mm-hmm where there was a mother and son combination. In Hillsdale, there's a woman who sells hot dogs out in front of her son's butcher shop. Right. And you know those folks. Mm-hmm. Is this a rare thing, or does this go on happen more often than we think, that mothers and sons end up working in the restaurant business together? You know, I, I, I do find it's, it's a family business thing. I think what's unique with Luck and Cherie is that they own two separate restaurants, but I find so often, um, that, for example, the Lindhurst Pastry Shop is another one that I covered where the family, it's a family business, so it gets passed down, kids get involved, grandkids get involved, and people are really passionate about what their parents are doing and, and tend to want to carry on that legacy. So, I mean, food is so important and culture is so important. Both Luck and Cherie are, are from Thailand, so so food is such a part of their culture and I, I think it's actually more common than, than we think. Well, let's listen to your interview or excerpts of your interview with Luck and Cherie that took place uh, before the holidays at Lux Ramen House. What made you want to open Kai Yang now after, after those two? What sort, what sort of the concept behind that? It starts from my son. You know, this is the food that he loves. This is the food that grandma cooked every Sunday. It was more comfort food. It took longer to make, so it was more of a weekend dish. It wasn't something that you could serve on a daily basis. Right. You know, as opposed to the traditional Thai food where you have your stir fries, and they're quick, they're fast, they're flavorful. This is a rotisserie chicken. It takes a lot longer. Right. Marinated, the slow cook. So it's not an easy concept to pull off because if you have a slow Monday or Tuesday, yeah, at the end of the night, you're either having a tremendous staff meal or you're th- it's a lot of waste that you're throwing away. Right. But, you know, we convinced her to roll the dice because every other day we were eating, I was eating next door 
because after coming from Ani, mm-hmm. we were saying, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we have some of these dishes? And she was like, you, your staff, all our regulars are always ordering off-menu items, all favorites. And I was like, let's just stop focusing on what we think Thai food should be in Montclair or should be in New Jersey and really focus and dial in on dishes that we love to eat. Right, so these are all dishes that you sort of grew up eating. Absolutely. They're, they're ones that you're in the culture. So can you talk about your family a little bit? Um, do you have any brothers or sisters? And how big was you know food for you guys growing up and, and raising your children? You want to take it? <laughs> no, I mean, we started off with my uncle's restaurant when he had one of the, my aunt and uncle had one of the first Thai restaurants in Montclair like 25 years okay. ago. And my mother was front of house there. I started off thinking I was going to be server at 13, 14 years old, but had a reality check and went in and I started helping in the back and being a busser. And that's where, you know, the, our first, my first step into the restaurant world was in their restaurant in Montclair. So, it's, you know, And which one was that? That was Top Tim. Okay. Okay, so, and, and oh, then you of course sort of already answered my question, but yeah. when did you know that you wanted to become a chef? And how, you know, what was your, what was your process with that? You know what, I was... I knew from a very early age I did not want to become a chef. Okay. <laughs> because of how I had the utmost respect for back house, but right. when I first started, I just saw how intense it was walking in there and how they're two different worlds. Even though you operate under the same restaurant, front house is all smiles, you have the guest interaction, you get all the praise, and all of a sudden you walk into that nightmare of a kitchen and it's so well orchestrated. It's madness. It's, you know, it's chaos back there, but... I knew right from the get-go, front of house, that's where I belong. You have to have a passion, like, unlike any other, you have to be a madman to love it and be great at it. I just wasn't blessed with the jeans, the cooking jeans, so I followed in mom's footsteps and took over front of house. So, and did you have a sense that he was going to be interested in, in the food industry growing up? <laughs> not at all. Did you think he was going to be like a scientist or a... No, not at all. I, you know, I know he's good in, in, in the front, but that's wrong. I thought that he might do good in jewelry business, you know, something like that, you know. Not in the restaurant. Yeah. But he loved food, you know. The passion that Luck have, he, he good in, in the food things, you know. He know, like, this is not good, this is good, you know. Like, all the Kayang is his idea. I have to give him a lot of credit. Okay. You know, he's been pushing me for, I think, two years, right? We've yeah. talked two years. Not easy. I thought that I should retire already. You know, semi-retire. Right. Not start from day one again. Right, this not is, start an entirely new restaurant. This has become yeah. another baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And who's your chef at Kayak? It's it me, myself, okay. and I, I have another Thai chef as well. Okay, and do you have any brothers and sisters? Do you have any other children? I have I have an older sister an who is in the restaurant industry as well. Oh, okay, what she does got, she do? She's in, she's manages a restaurant in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale, or Miami, excuse me part of the Zuma chain. So she tried to get out, but it sucked her back in as right. well. You guys are just dead. You know when you grow up as restaurant brats and you don't realize how much you love something until it's gone? Mm-hmm. We tried to do other things, but when it's second nature, it's it's so cliche, but you know, oh, if you find something you love, you don't have a day in your life, and it's still the grind. I mean, the process of doing an expansion that I never thought would be possible, but I still enjoy what I do every day. Right. So we've talked a little bit about Kayang and how it's, it's based on the foods that you grew up cooking, the, the ones that take longer, not to put stir fries. Uh, but with Ani Ramen, so first of all, what made you want to do ramen food in general? Focus on ramen. I know you've had a couple of restaurants since then, but with this specific venture. We, I have, um, we have an investment in Tribeca called Distill. 
and one of our partners there owns a restaurant in the Lower Side called Sake Mai. Okay. And it's a Japanese izakaya and sake bar. And I went there one night on a Wednesday and saw the line was wrapped around the block over an hour. Decided, I said, what's going on? They're doing, we're doing a pop-up ramen with the ramen kings of the U.S. And I did, dug in a little more and I found out that was Sun Noodle. And I started really digging into their story before they even opened Ramen Lab and what they were all about. And they were like the pioneers of craft ramen in New Jersey. Not the, the packet and everyone thinks about. They're the guys that actually make craft ramen for all the reputable ramen chefs that take themselves seriously for artisanal ramen in the U.S. and now worldwide. So we, it started from going in, learning more about Sun Noodle. And honestly, ramen has always been... It's just comfort food in Japan, but we have ramen in Thailand as well, too. Everyone has their own different version. But it's broth, noodles, meat, seasoning, and I grew up eating ramen for my grandmother, the Thai version. And when I was closing up in New York, late night spots were going to ramen, or izakai spots, so it's something that I've waited online before. And we did, I just wanted to bring a concept closer to home that wasn't reinventing the wheel, but... Montclair, half people that live here either work in the city or dine out in the city. We wanted to bring craft ramen to a place that, you know, in New Jersey at that time in 2014, nobody was doing it. And it was it was a little scary, but it was we were bringing something that we knew that if you know Ipudo or the Momofukus or the Toto Ramen, the great ramen spots, then, you know, you wouldn't have to travel down three into a tunnel, still wait an hour if you were able to get a great product here. And what do you think makes this place different how are you I mean you guys are experiencing incredible success here and, and in Jersey City as well what do you think it is about your, your ramen that you put extra time into or you, you know what's what's your secret to, to creating this very popular venture a lot of people have tried and failed <laughs> you know what for most ramen houses they get stuck into focusing on just the ramen mm-hmm. and not any of the small plates right and on the flip side most Japanese restaurants like Izakaya's only focus on the small plates and the ramen is an afterthought. And even when we were opening up, we had a couple different consulting chefs and they were like, you're crazy, you can't do six ramens, you can't do 12 small plates. They're two different restaurant concepts and it's just changing the mindset. You know, it's like going into an Italian restaurant and some places I get in Italy only do certified nipple pizza, other places only do pasta. And if you go into a place that does both, it's almost like frowned upon like, well, they can't be serious about both, right? But that's, it's different. It's changed now. You can have both. And that's when we decided to do actually have two different consulting chefs and bring in, uh, and when Julian came in and part with us, we said we're going to focus on our ramens. We're not going to have 10, 12, 15 different ramen. We did a taste test between people that were industry, people that love food, people that didn't know ramen. And we picked our five, six best ramens, only our great ones, and we limited that menu. Right. Then we did our appetizers, and they gave us a list of 30 different items. And then we went across the board and we said, which are items that... So we went across our small plate items in our izakaya, and we said, out of the 34 items, which are the items that we love? And we don't, there was only seven or nine. So we said, instead of having only 30 items that are good, and then I hate going to a restaurant where they say, hey, what are your favorites? And the waiter starts to steer you away from different items. Like, right. oh, I wouldn't get the meatloaf today. I wouldn't get this. Right, I wouldn't right. get this. Say, I'd be like, so yeah, so we did live around. We, we, don't have, we don't have 17 pages of a diner menu. We have five small bites of the warm five that are cold, six ramen, but we know those are the great items that we love, and that's what we focus on. So we're not we're not striving to be the most authentic ramen house where 
we isolate anybody. So we don't have broths that have pork and chicken and seafood mixed in. They're the most accessible. So we do cater to dietary restrictions. Our chicken broth is purely just a 100% chicken bone broth. Our pork broth is a 100% pork pork broth. Our vegetarian broth is a fully vegan, vegan ramen. And that's tough to pull off, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. What is it like being a block away from one another? Is it, is it nice? Is it stressful being with your parents all the time? It was better when she was next door. <laughs> I don't have it a used to be next door. Oh, really? And, yeah. and now you just yes, she was, at, she was at Spice too next door, and she moved to Guyana. We, it, we, it was better next door because I could walk out with lunch every day. Right. Being yeah. a half block down, every I get a little day. bit lazy now. Now you're like, I've got to walk a whole block to get there. I know. But when you were asking, you know, what sure. do we miss both about having mom next door is the fact that it's like almost, you know, having being in the same household. Like mm-hmm. when you need something, you can't just go next door. Right. Other restaurants, when they run out of stuff, it's like, oh, who do we call? Oh, my God, we have to bother someone. We have to go right. down the street and grab something. I'm just like, I'm out of POS paper. I need this. She's like, I need great. I need napkins. And it's like a community share of what we have. I think throughout the years, I probably owe her like five cases or whatever. And she owes me three cases. We even have the same office. We share the oh, same really? office. Yes, yeah. we share the same office. Too close to be that Mom, again? Something like that. <laughs> and are you proud of him watching him, you know, success? Very so much successful so. Yes. yes. Yeah. You guys are part of very vibrant dining communities. Montclair is known for its dining. Jersey City is known for its dining. So how, how is that for you? Is it, is it exciting to be in this type of environment? Is it a lot of competition? It's, cha- it's challenging for sure on the yeah. weeknights. You know, on fr- people see Montclair as a Friday, Saturday, and when the Belmont Theater is firing mm-hmm. on cylinders, so they have this, they paint this picture in their head that if you open a Montclair, you're going to be successful, but it's not like that. You know, Sunday through Thursday, it's the grind. You know, you have to be on top of your game. You have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Your food, your experience, the hospitality has to be the same Sunday through Wednesday it is from Thursday through Saturday. You know what? I thought Montclair would be, it would be a longer process, but the second we put our sign up that we were doing a ramen house, and the phone numbers on there. Our voicemail from when we put the sign up from Thursday to Tuesday was unreal. It was, are you gonna have gluten-free options? Are you gonna have vegetarian options? Are you gonna be ramen house or defined as a, a chicken house or a pork? Do people know that you guys are, are mother and son connected in any way? When we first, when I first opened up, all I had was all of her regulars. It was all. She was like, go check out my sister. Yeah, it was all mom's regulars, yes. And then we don't serve desserts, so when we didn't have desserts, then we could just go back next door. Right. So, yes, all her, all her regulars past X amount of years definitely knew. Yeah, in the beginning, when we walked out, I said, do you know my son? This is love, you know? And after that, three months, hi, look. He said, do you know my mom? <laughs> so now it's a reverse. <laughs> No, it's funny though when I see people like when I see like some of our regulars like they think they're sneaking into my mom's place or like some her regulars sneak in our place and they're putting their head down. I was like, guys, that's my mom. It's not. It's fine. It's, you could be eating at her place. I want you to. It's yeah, fine. yeah. They go like that. My customers they go their like that. Down. Oh, 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 like that. Don't let your mom see me. She'll kill me. I'm like, why? They're two different cuisines. Don't even worry about it. Like, listen, this is good. This is yes. going to be supporting her when, yes. you, when you decide to retire. She's like, please, yes, please. make it better. Well, that's our program for today, folks. Be sure to watch for Rebecca's story in the record and at NorthJersey.com. So long.